This is a good movie podcast with Katie and Joe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the, another episode of This is a Good Movie Podcast with me, your co-host, Joe Bates, and... Me, your other co-host, Katie Hetledge, and... Oh, I am so sorry. We, Katie, I forgot to tell you, our third co-host died. What? Yeah, I know I set the mic up and everything, and I said, they're there, even though they don't look like they're there. They're there. I, I lied. They're, it's actually not even a ghost. It's just... I don't even remember us having a third co-host. Did I erase them from my brain and memory? Oh, <laughs> baby, that leads us into what this episode is. This episode, we're talking about my pick... This is a good movie, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this, well, before we get into it, like always, you know, instead of letting you know what's going on with our lives and everything, and it's the new we year can. and new us. We can. Well. Did you have something to share? Honestly, there's not much going on in my life. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this. We haven't. Katie and I haven't seen each other for the last three months. What? I've been on leave. Where? In uh, in a, in uh, in Le- Leave Town. Hmm. <laughs> you said you wanted to share things about our lives, and now, you, but now you're just making things up. Okay. Well, if me being gone for three months is making things up, it is. Folks, we're talking eternal sunshine of the spotless mind to start off. Yeah, you uh, got a spotty mind. <laughs> We've got a mind, though. Mm-hmm. Swiss, no, you can't. Swiss cheese. Yeah. Swiss cheese mind. I am holy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> believe in me and ye shall achieve something. Um, anyways, folks, uh, we're talking about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, the Jim Carrey star vehicle. <laughs> Not a star what? before this movie. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, he was a huge oh, okay. star. He was just making a joke <laughs> on that. Um, I will say, uh, 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 Katie, before we get into this, mm-hmm. before you saw this movie, you've definitely mm-hmm. heard things about this movie. I had, you've known I had. about it. Yeah, unlike um, Mystery Men. What did you think the movie was going to be before you watched it? So, I kind of knew, I knew the premise of people, there's a way for people to erase other people from their memories and no longer know anything about them. I guess I thought that it was like a common thing. So, a little bit like Mm sci-fi of, well, it's like regular world, but just everyone has this option. I see. Um, Which is not the case. It's like a little mom and pop doctor shop doing these things and it's like very unusual but I thought it was very common and then I also thought that the erasing would happen I don't know I don't know if I thought it would happen at the end of the movie or I'm not sure but so I knew that would happen and I knew that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet were like the couple in this um the reason that I hadn't watched it before now is because I was under the impression that this is like the saddest movie ever. I thought this was like heartbreaker, tearjerker. Like if I watched this, I would just be crying for days. And so that's why I never watched it because I was like, I'm not ready. I already know the ge- the gist of it. I'm not going to put myself through that. Yeah, it's a different 
type of very sad movie though but it's not like mm-hmm. crying cry out loud it's <laughs> c-o-l <laughs> <laughs> no it's like bittersweet yeah. i guess but it's not like sad sad yeah it's more of like a like a your heart kind of slowly breaks inside your body than it is well it's just a sad reality of like how relationships sometimes mm-hmm. don't work out and they are hard um so all that to say if you also are now listening to this episode and you're like i never watched the movie either because i thought it was really sad well you can go ahead and pause go watch the movie it's under two hours press the pause though come right back right back here come right back here go to the theaters request theaters they put it on the projector right now they have it they all have it. They definitely They don't have want it. you to know, but they have it. There is always an emergency eternal sunshine of the spotless mind reel in their vault. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have that, they're going to have Leslie Nielsen's Mr. Magoo remake, <laughs> <laughs> which is also a pretty fun movie. Um, yeah, I love this movie. I I am so glad I got to show it to you. I'm so I haven't watched this movie since I was probably 18, 19 years old. Did it was it the same as you remembered? Was there anything different uh, that you took away this time? I would say there were a couple things that I had forgot about or didn't know to register at the time I watched it. Uh, one being, I did think I think I did think it was weird Elijah Wood was in the movie, mm-hmm. um, but I did not know Mark Ruffalo was in this movie. I mean, he looks. He, it is Mark Ruffalo, but, like, this is a different Mark Ruffalo. This is a pre... Well, is it a preview from the top, Mark Ruffalo? A uh, preview from the, from the top. <laughs> yeah, we, the... we base everything from <laughs> view from the top. That's I always forget about that. Yeah. This yeah. was... Let's see. This is 2001. I'm pulling oh. up the Wikipedia stuff right now. Um, why, why would it... Well, why is it keep in that? mind that view from the top was, like, filmed and then came out, like, three years later. Yeah, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was 2004, so right when I graduated high school was when this movie came out. Okay, and when did View from the Top come out? View from the Top, surprisingly, View doesn't make it 2003, so this is the year after View from the Top. Okay, so this... Oh, interesting. So View from the Top, I think, was definitely filmed before but he looks so much more like himself in that than he does in this one yeah i mean they wanted to make him look like a lab guy like kind of he a, does a person like that some can do the spiky computer, hair yeah. thick glasses yeah basically what people thought was cool in the late 90s and nerds caught on in the mm-hmm. early 2000s mm-hmm. and were too late so yep. then they put rivers cuomo glasses on to cover <laughs> it up yeah pretty much um do you want to give like any kind of plot overview for people? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so the the plot is the entire movie basically is the mind erasure of Jim Carrey's character about this relationship he had with Kate Winslet. So the yes. beginning of the movie, it's I, I don't I, the beginning of the movie shows their relationship a little bit of a meeting, and then afterwards it is him trying to remove his memory of her because she did that to him. Um, they've been dating, I think, about like three or four years mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and then that is all it is. So it's kind of like, it's a Charlie Kaufman no, movie. No, that's not all it is. They meet, but they don't know each other. They meet as strangers. And then it goes back in time and you find out, oh my gosh, they both erased each other from their memories. I didn't know if I wanted to give that away as a We already movie. told them to pause and go watch okay, it. Okay, so if we're assuming everybody watched it, yes, then that is what Yeah, it because listen... 
if you're coming to This Is A Good Movie podcast, like we're going to talk about the ending of movies. We have for every single one. That is true. So <laughs> it's just you have to accept that there's a spoiler alert at the beginning of every single episode. Yeah. So the beginning of the movie is them meeting after they've had their minds erased and then going back into the same type of relationship they had before when they yep. met the first time. Yep. And uh, it it is him. And then it just slowly goes backwards from there. Of his, like, getting his memory uh, erased and then that, that relationship going backwards in his head. Mm-hmm. Which, um, I don't know if you've seen the movie Memento? No. Okay, so that movie, Memento, came out right before this. And, I don't know, you might want to watch that. That's a very good movie. Yeah, let's not, don't talk about other movies that well, we could potentially talk about in the future. This movie almost didn't get made because of that movie. Oh, because it's, like, too similar? Yeah, it's yeah. too similar. And Charlie Kaufman, who wrote this movie, and this is probably Charlie Kaufman's, I mean, he's written some great movies and everything, but I think this was his last great movie that he had, and his most profitable. Mm. Uh, same guy made being John Malkovich mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Mm-hmm. Um and then the director, Michael Gondry, would go on to make movies such as Science of Sleep, which I really like, with, uh, oh my, the, the Coco Dad guy. What? The guy who plays Coco's dad, or the kid in Coco's dad. Remember me. That one? Yeah. But not Benjamin Bratt, or yes, Benjamin not Bratt. Not Benjamin Bratt. The That's one the only that is name like, I remember from yeah, Coco. I he was in uh, Mozart in the Jungle. He's done a lot of great. He's a very oh. good actor. Yeah. Gael Garcia? Yes. That's a, he has one more name in there. Yeah, is, what is it, it? It's Juan Gael Garcia? No, now I have to look it up. I love him because he, he is was great. in He's unbelievable. Um Yeah, Gael Garcia Bernal. He is in The Motorcycle Diaries. I've not seen that. About Che Guevara? And I've not seen it. Oh my it. gosh, we watched that in my Spanish class in high school, <laughs> and I was like, um, I'm in love, and I love him. He Mozart in the Jungle is when I fell in love with Anyways, Michael Gondry's next movie is a movie with that guy's elite actor, and that was the first time I'd seen him in anything. And then the movie after that was Be Kind Rewind. Have you seen that? You know what? I, I never saw that. That's another um, great Jack Black, most deaf. That movie is awesome. I do love that. So Michael Gondry was like the first director where outside Kevin Smith and Wes Anderson, who everybody loves, Michael Gondry was some, if he had a movie, I had to go see it because I loved this movie so much. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I never realized that Charlie Kaufman was the writer. Or I would have really gotten to his stuff too. I just focused on director and mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's career. Yeah, you do love Jim Carrey. This is Jim Carrey's last attempt at trying to win an Oscar. He's Eternal so Sunset. good. This is after Truman Show. This is after The Majestic. I love both of those are such great movies. I've never seen The Majestic. You haven't? No. I- <gasps> Joe, it's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we're definitely doing that in the future. Oh my gosh, it's such a good movie, and he's so sweet in it. Yeah. Ugh. He, uh, I mean, he's great. This is like a side note to give him my fun facts pretty early. Yeah, go ahead. Um, everybody, what Michael Gondry really wanted everyone to improv in this movie. He set up a lot of improv stuff. Oh, that's cool. Except Jim Carrey. Really? Jim Carrey, he told, could not improv at all in this movie. He had to really stick to the script so they could, they could really ground him while everybody else. So you can kind of see. And I think you see that in the movie where Jim Carrey's like character, you know that energy is in there. 
mm-hmm. but he's refusing to let it out. Yeah, he's really subdued. But then every once in a while, they do kind of lean in to like a comedy bit mm-hmm. in a way that I think is a little bit similar to Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And you didn't love that but like this when he is reverting to himself as like a four-year-old he's like back in that four-year-old memory but they have just adult Jim Carrey like but the size of a four-year-old and I thought that was like a bit weird and forced perspective (laughs) didn't fit the tone like I loved then when they he was what like a six-year-old with the bird yeah like that scene was so so great but the because that really focused more on just like the I don't know, like childhood mm-hmm. innocence and stuff. And it wasn't about like getting Being laughs. a baby and... Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't love that part. Gotcha. I, I, wanted, I didn't really need any comedy in this movie. Yeah, I think that was one of the more... And you'll see in like other Michael Gondry movies, there's a lot of like kind of silly goofiness kind of things where mm-hmm. he does a lot of like practical effects. Yeah. And I think he really want. My understanding is based on the thing he's probably really excited to do the practical effects and focus more on that in the scene than anything yeah, else. Yeah, that's fine. It just didn't... I'm not, like, against the forced perspective, but it just didn't land for me. Yeah. The goofiness of it. So what do you... So now I've talked a lot about this movie, said a bunch of different things. I'm excited uh-huh. to talk about it. This is, like, one of my five favorite movies of all time. But, Katie, what, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on it? What were things you noticed? What were things that stood out to you? Well, the whole film is pretty cold, yeah, they are on Ever, a frozen lake. I mean, lake. <laughs> gosh, I've never felt colder watching a film except for maybe, um, what's that Leo DiCaprio one? DiCaprio one. The Revenant? Yeah, The Revenant. Oh my gosh, that one. I, sometimes I go outside and I'm like, I'm pretty cold. And then I remember that film and I'm like, okay. it could be worse. So you and don't now mean, it's going to be that and Eternal Sunshine. You don't mean like, emotional. You just mean no, like no, weather-wise. No. Like you yes. were chilly. Very chilly the whole time. And, you know, it's winter in New York right now. So I and we get, don't like, have I, heat. And we don't have heat. So <laughs> I get it. But I was like, burr, burr, burr. Why? Why? And I guess it's because they got to go in that frozen lake. And you can't do that in the summertime. So then they just had to, like, commit to the rest of the film being mm-hmm. cold. But, yeah, I was freezing. It, I, that frozen. So they had plans to go around that frozen lake. Luckily, weather stuck with them. And there was a frozen lake they could use in New York for that scene. Oh, okay. It's and then like a real like man, glad that worked out because yeah, a lot because I think that I'm scene like is great. Terrified of that. I was thinking about that. There are like two situations that when I was a kid, I'm like, I must be terrified because this will happen. One quicksand. Two falling through the ice on a frozen lake. Now I've never walked on a frozen lake because I am very scared of that. Mm. My third, my third one of those is a giant shark coming out of the pool wall to yeah, eat me. Yeah, of course. That's 100%. <laughs> My other one is house fires, because those do happen. Yeah, well, we don't need to talk about Knock that. on Gosh. wood. <laughs> the house fire situation is insane. I wish I knew that before I got engaged to you. because I What, my really... house fire situation? Yeah, your house fire fear is insane. It's, no. You think a house fire is going to happen. It could. I know a lot of people who have had house fires. If you had to say, what percent chance do you think a house fire will happen tonight? Uh, ten? <laughs> so, <laughs> one in every ten nights, <laughs> we gone. Um, I just get nervous. Yeah, I I know. Um, also, in that scene with the crack that they're sitting next to. Yeah. 
a lot of people <laughs> discussed, oh, is that crack to show like their cracked relationship and like something happening there? And the director goes, uh, no, it's just so you can think it's real ice. Yeah, that makes sense. I was like, um, don't go near the crack on the ice, people. Come on. But it, maybe it was dark. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I think that that scene is awesome. I, I mean, I love a lot of these scenes and stuff. So what other what other thoughts outside being chilly? Um, It was tough at the beginning because you are, especially if you kind of know the premise mm-hmm. for the movie, you're kind of just waiting for them to reveal that, which takes a while um also i did make you pause it when the credits came on because it was 18 minutes into the movie like at that point don't bother at that point like we're in it it's all good but yeah they're going 18 minutes and then like and here's the title of the movie but the credits the credits make sense because it's the break like the the credits allows it to go backwards like that time jump backwards Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I get that. That's it's fine, but <laughs> I just thought that was waiting a while. Um, we've already talked about like the cast, but I do think it was a really great cast. This heavy hitters. This was uh Kirsten it, Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. This is in an interview, Kate Winslet's favorite role. She's great in it, and I really haven't seen her play an American very much. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't count the Titanic as an American portrayal for her. And I don't <laughs> think she would either. She's like talked before about her accent in that movie. Um, but also I don't see her playing both American and uh, like a modern day. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a really different side of her than I'd seen. And I was like, she's just lovely. I just... I love her. She said if it wasn't for this movie, she wouldn't have got a role in The Reader. Mm, okay. She said this really showed her range as an actress. That's yes. why she loved it so much. She was nominated for Best Actress in a Movie for an Oscar for this. That's great. Jim Carrey, not. Is it, which is <sighs> insane. Was he nominated for The Truman Show, at least? Uh, no. Jim Carrey has never been nominated for an Oscar his entire career. What? Okay. Justice... For Jim Carrey. That's Let's... the whole thing. It's crazy. Truman Show, this movie. He's so good. He should have gotten a nomination. It's insane. Comedians that he didn't. really get the short end of the stick. Yeah. Like, because you do have to switch to drama because. Man on the Moon, he didn't get a no nomination. No comedies are like ever nominated. Dramas are nominated as comedies in the Globes. Yeah. As you and I have talked about, but I think the people need to know. This is, let me just talk about Jim Carrey's thing here this is this is what he went okay so he already made like three of the best comedies in one year with the mask bat uh, dumb and dumber and ace ventura when nature calls with batman mm-hmm. forever also in there mm-hmm. so like three huge comedies yeah. in one year he would then go on to do the truman show 1998 man on the moon 1999 uh the majestic 2001 this 2004 and got no nominations for those four movies, which is wow. insane. He won. A, he got nominated for a BAFTA and a Golden Globe for this movie, but again, no Academy Award. And he feels like a Brendan Fraser story that later in his life he's going to get a role to do, but he seems so weird now that I don't know what he's going to do. He's, what do you mean he's weird? Because he's doing Sonic? He retired from acting? After Sonic 2? He retired from acting because he thought actors were being pretty... 
He's been really kind of bitchy about Hollywood, which is never going to help you. It's not going to help you. But I, think, I guess I understand it. Although yeah. I don't know any of the specifics that he has said, so I cannot at this time commit to agreeing or disagreeing with him. <laughs> I think it was I think it was some double standards on some uh I I don't know. It was it was him thinking Hollywood had double standards on certain people. Mm. Um, which you didn't like. And I think I agreed with him at the time, but I'd have to look more back into it. So of this cast, though, a lot of them have been nominated for or won Oscars at this point, right? Because Kirsten Dunst, mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo, mm-hmm. obviously Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think Elijah Wood actually never, has he, been, but the Lord of the Rings has been. Yes. So, And that's, you know. He's kind of the main character in those. He is kind of the main so, character in those. And that that's like true. adjacent. He's been on the stage. I'm assuming he went up to accept the award for those. Do you love Elijah Wood in this movie? Well, you know which movie I love Elijah Wood the most in, which is The Adventures of Huck Finn, which we will be <laughs> watching at some point. It came out in 1993, directed by Kenny Ortega. What's not to love? So, you know, get excited. There will be more Elijah Wood in the future of this podcast. But he was... You know, he's good, I guess. He plays a creep. This is the first movie he made after the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like when you are in a franchise like that, there is a while of you kind of playing strange roles because nobody knows what to do. Like, I think yeah. that Daniel Radcliffe went through that. You People just don't know what to do with Well, they you. have so much money. They're like, I'll just do indie stuff. So I can Yeah. So the next role after this, have you seen Sin City? Mm-mm. That's the creepiest role he's ever done. He is pretty good at playing a creepy yeah. guy. I, I love Elijah Wood. I I mean, Will yeah, Smith's you know TV show is great, but he is so odd in this movie. Mm-hmm. As a what, what does he have? Like uh, he has like long sideburns, or yeah, but then like a buzz cut. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, he plays one of the lab technicians that helps with the process of taking away your memories. Mark Ruffalo is like the main lab technician, and they work for this doctor. And then Kirsten Dunst is the receptionist, and she's dating Mark Ruffalo. But then we find out that Elijah Wood. When he was erasing Kate Winslet Clementine's memories, he was like, this girl's really hot. I'm just going to date her. So then he uses what he knows about her from Jim Carrey and like seduces her using, you know, lines that Jim Carrey had used on her, like things from their journals, Uh stuff like that. So then he's like dating her just days after she has had her memory erased, which is like very creepy, awful, awful, awful. But he doesn't get her in the end, so, you know, I guess it all works out. <laughs> Just a couple weird days for Kate Winslet. Yeah. Well, and she's, like, not doing well. She's very <laughs> confused. I um, I guess I didn't ask you this. So what, what, what are your feeling on... I, just overall, everybody's acting in this movie. Good. Believable. So you think Jim Carrey should have been nominated and all that stuff? You know, it's hard to say when I don't know what else came out that year um, Mm. and like what he was up against. I do think he is very good in this. I think he's very cute in this. I was like, he's so cute. I would date him. (laughs) There is an 11 year age difference between him and Kate Winslet. But I do feel like she Mm. can play older and he can play younger. Yeah. Younger. 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 Yeah, I feel I feel that, too. Yeah. Which I don't think it's on creep factor. Yeah, 11 years. That's not too bad Mm -hmm. for, I mean, assuming everyone's like over the age of, I don't know, 25. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other thoughts you see? 
Hmm, do I have other thoughts? Yes, I do. Oh, um, I do think that Mark Ruffalo needs to do a father-son movie with Noah Centineo. I don't know who Noah Centineo is. No, you do know him because he (laughs) was in the um, Black Adam movie. Oh, he was the Adam Smasher guy? The big guy? Yes, yes, that's him. Gotcha. I really feel like he looks more like a Brandon Ruth son than he does a Mark Ruffalo son. Who's that? Brandon Ruth was, uh, he was Superman in Superman Returns. Is that who I'm thinking of who was also in Sleepover? I don't know what Sleepover is. <laughs> Starring Alexa Vega? <laughs> Brandon Ruth, R-O-U-T-H. Brandon um, Ruth. I need to see this. We're doing a lot of, like, looking things up this that's episode. Fine. I, well, because it's, we this is what happens when you have, like, such a great cast is you just want to talk about. Yeah. All of them. Okay, I need to see. One note I have. Little young fun Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) Okay, no. It doesn't look like he was in Sleepover. I wonder who that was. It looks like him. Mm. But it's got to be someone else. That's fine. So I will... I'm going to just... I'll take a side note in this movie. So this movie informed 18-year-old me on what relationships were and what love was. That's not good. And I really do feel like my 20s were very messed up because I was like, well, this is what relationships are. So, okay, that does bring me to a point which I wrote down, like, I don't know that they should be together. Yes. that I, yeah, I Like, I get that they had some good memories and you do see that, but, like, they seem pretty different I in a way that doesn't work. I think, I don't think the movie is telling you they should be together. I think the movie's romantic in a way, but I think it's in that. I think it does do it in a way that's like, well, I mean, it's not great, but you are just attracted to who you're attracted to, and you mm-hmm. want to make it work. Yeah. But I don't think it's like this is what love is. Yeah, it was a pretty messy relationship. Yeah, I, I mean, she is nuts. <laughs> She was drunk driving and <laughs> smack crashed his car, and mm-hmm. he is uh, one of the. He's, I mean, he's just he's again a, a shy boy that felt yeah, like he deserved like, something. Boring. Yeah. I wish we knew a little bit more about like his other kind of flaws, just because that seemed like a eh one. Well, but. there was in, initially. There's a lot of deleted scenes about his relationship with Naomi. Oh, yeah, because he was, like, living with her and then, I guess, broke up with her to be with Clementine. That role was cast, and it was Ellen Pompeo. Oh, okay. She was in it, and it was supposed to show, like, them having a normal relationship Mm -hmm. and him coming back after meeting Kate Winslet, breaking up with her, saying, I met somebody, or, like, I don't think this is going to work out, then dating Kate Winslet. And then later, when he erases his, right before he erases his memory, he's supposed to go out with her again. To try and rekindle that romance because he's mm-hmm. about to lose this other one, mm-hmm. and then calls her to be like, "I can't do this. I don't. I don't think we should be in a relationship." Oh, so it's supposed yikes. to make like they cut it out for two reasons. One, it makes him look more like a jerk, yeah, which they didn't want to do, and two, it makes Kate Winslet look even worse when you show like a normal person. <laughs> yeah, like it. Kate Winslet looks good when you don't compare her to anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's fine. It's if she is a bit like manic pixie dream girl for me, which yeah. I think was, you know, maybe she was kind of like part part of like the start of that 
mm-hmm. movement, which I think uh, has been think not that, great I think for that, women. Yeah, I think the '90s was the start of the manic pixie dream girl yeah. thing. But yeah, I, but I do think they do a good job of showing that like, there's a flaw because she's constantly like, "No, I'm not like healthy. Like, yeah. I'm not great." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Also. Erasing your memories of someone literally the same week that you break up. I guess I thought that it would be like they break up and then they go through months of being miserable and they're like the only thing I can do to fix this is to erase my memories. Not like we break up and I immediately go erase my memories. That seems very rash. Well, that's her whole thing. She's impulsive and then he reacts to what her choices are, which is why they're in a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and me, you're impulsive all the time, and I go what? to sleep. No, that's not true. That's what our relationship is. You yell, you scream, you dis- you destroy my car. What? And I sleep 18 hours a day. Okay. <laughs> um, there, uh, let's see what else I got here. Oh, the music in this movie, I love. I used to listen to it a lot. Um, Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometimes by Beck mm-hmm. was consistently played in this. And then John Brion, who did all like the instrumental work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West watched this movie, loved the music so much, that he hired John Brion to help him make Gold Digger. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. This movie led to like making... Kanye West to help him. I wouldn't have guessed that. No. Crazier things have happened with Kanye West. (laughs) Crazier things have happened with Kanye West. That is that is true. Um, Any other thoughts on this movie? You you kind of be you're kind of checking out on me here, Katie. I'm not checking out. I have discussed the movie Mm -hmm. and I reached the end of my thoughts on it. I thought you had some fun facts. Okay, I'll get the fun facts then. No thoughts on Kristen Dunst's relationship with the older man. Well, that's not good. She's she gives a great performance in this. Um, I'm, I guess I'm glad that she, in the end, realizes that she herself went through the procedure and realizes that that is wrong and does the right thing by sending everyone their tapes. I think is that the right thing? I don't know, but. <laughs> The procedure isn't good. It doesn't seem like that is even working for anyone because they keep going back to the people that they are trying to forget. Hmm. That happens multiple times. Yeah, I mean, so... The only way it would work is if you're forgetting someone who has died. Oh, I see. You can't go back to them, but that seems... I don't think that's good. I you think saw that's, the lady with the dog stuff? That's not healthy. Yeah, and I would never want to forget Wally. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... There's supposed to be some other like people forgetting things... But they uh, thought it would take away from the movie. Do you like the? Yeah, that's a question. What do you think about the pseudoscience in this movie? Well, like, did it come like, off is it as believable? Like, yeah, does it come off as like a believable science what they're doing? No, not definitely not. <laughs> um, but I have decided to ignore that. In any movie, whether it's like a D-Day kind of movie or like a, wait, is that what I mean? A D, an apocalypse, post-apocalyptic yeah, yeah. movie? Yeah, I oh, gotcha. Not D-Day, like the war. Yeah, I understand what Can you're you saying Can you use now. that for both? Um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could 
yeah, forget I, this conversation. Well, that's a question. So there's nothing you'd want to forget. No. Well, you know, I have a terrible memory, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. So what I would like to do is forget movies I watched so I could watch them again. Oh. Hmm. No. <laughs> Seems like a big procedure to go through for just that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a little, it's just a little brain deletion. Little, yeah. Little. But I guess you don't know how watching a movie's impacted you in the rest of your life. Like this movie did impact me. Then mm-hmm. made me kind of a sad boy for a little bit. I was writing in a journal, like Joel, at the same time during this movie. It was a big journal. Do boy. you have the journal? Uh, I haven't saved. I have some old things saved in my uh, computer somewhere. Not the original one, which is pretty good to not have the original one around anymore. <laughs> it is real, like, oh, I think she likes me. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's a lot of nonsense. Hmm. Like, uh, when? Why? Do, why? How come every girl looks at me? I fall in love with them. They says in the movie. That's old young Joe right there. Ugh, I don't like that. <laughs> well, that's what it was. I was well, eighteen years old. Oh, yeah, gross. Okay, fun facts of the movie. First choice to play Joel was Nicolas Cage. That makes some sense, I guess. He could do it. He was too big a star at the moment to do the movie. Yeah, and he's not as endearing. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he he would play it a little bit more odd, but he it'd be like uh the what the weather no what's the what's the one where he he sees his life the other way. The Family Man. Family Man. I was gonna say the Weather Man. That's a different movie. Tia Leone. Taylone. Yep. Kate Winslet's hair, wigs. Really? Because they, they couldn't because they had to shoot multiple scenes of different hair in a day, so every time she wore hair, it was wigs. Wow, I really thought that was her real hair. Those are some great wigs. Yeah, they're very good wigs. She loved... Really believable. Her favorite color was the red one. Yeah, that's she a good om- one. She considered dyeing her hair red after that movie because of it. Well, I don't think she should do that. It's a very bright red. Did you did you notice that the hair color represented the seasons? No. Of their relationship? No. What is the season of red? So the season of orange. What does that mean? So green revolution is when they met. So it's like kind of new. Okay. And then red menace was like the more passionate mm-hmm. part of the relationship. Then agent orange is when she like kind of destroying it. Mm-hmm. And then the end is a blue ruin. Blue ruin what? Sadness. Okay. Like I get that, but that is. It's not as obvious as people might think. <laughs> I know, but I think that I think it's supposed to represent the the stages of their relationship. Sure, sure. This movie happened because one of the writers with Kaufman and Gondry, Bismuth, a French guy that Gondry knew, said he was talking to somebody who couldn't get over the relationship, and then posed the question, "Well, would you have your memory erased of them?" Mm-hmm. And was gonna start doing a thought experiment where he sent out cards that this person has been er- the card they send in the movie. Yeah. He was just going to do that to see what happened. That's interesting. And then they built the whole movie around that idea. Oh, cool. The There was supposed to be a sex scene with Mark Ruffalo and Kirsten Dunst in the movie. Okay. That was removed because of time. And they improvised that entire dance scene. Yeah, I was going to say, it, like, they do that. They just don't show it. I, they show assumed. them after. Yeah. yeah it's assumed. Um, 
Yeah, that dancing scene was interesting. It was I guess fun. I'm glad to know that it was improvised because I was like, why are we putting Kirsten Dunst in her underwear? But then Mark Ruffalo was in his underwear. So I was like, well, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, great. Another early 2000s movie where we're just like, what if the girl was naked? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, she wasn't naked, but yeah, I understand. No, I, yeah. Um, there was... Um, this was right after Jim Carrey broke up with Renee Zellweger. Mm. So we used that to go into the movie about like dealing with a breakup. Mm-hmm. And um, Gondry, the director, was like, oh, you should you'll use this. You know, that's what it's like. You know, you don't have to worry too much about it. And then Gondry got broken up with at the after- post-production of this movie mm-hmm. and said the movie was too hard for him to watch afterwards oh, and felt bad what he did to Jim Carrey to do this yeah, movie. Yeah, that is awful. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, another person that was cut from the movie, Tracy Morgan. Oh. He was going to be uh, Joel's neighbor, but they cut him out because every time he did anything, it was just Tracy Morgan. <laughs> and they said that would really take away from anything happening in the movie. Oh, that's too bad. I think that would have been fun. A little bit more levity. Also, this movie is like literally all white people. <laughs> yeah, like, well, this is—I mean, this is a, this is an indie movie in the two thousands. It's what they—it's every saying. indie movie in the two thousands. Um, Charlie Coffin's most profitable film—it was a budget of twenty million, made seventy-four million. And as we know, that means it did a good job. Did a good job. Kate Winslet nominated for an Oscar. She lost to Hilary Swank for Million Dollar Baby. Oh yeah. Right, it won an Oscar for best original screenplay. That makes sense. It's a good one. And uh, let me see here, before I get to the alternative ending stuff, there's talks of making this into a TV show. Hmm. Which, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that either. I think it's kind of good to have as a movie that is like, it's just shorter. Yeah. Because this is, if it was drawn out in a TV show, that sounds a little painful. (laughs) It does sound a little bit more painful, yeah. In 2014, scientists have found ways to delete parts of memories in mice. No, thank you. And they stated that it should only be used for PTSD, and you should never use this to, like, erase memories of other stuff. Well, I'm glad they stated it. Uh, Yeah, they didn't say they watched this movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that's a good note for anyone listening who thinks they should have their memory erased of relationships. Yeah, definitely don't do that. (laughs) Um, and the director Michael Gondry never said action he just let actors go while filming the actors would start on their own Mm, this is very indie improv the no no saying go (laughs) (laughs) so now alternative alternative things there was an alternative beginning to this movie okay that was Mary Krista Dunst's character 50 years later with a manuscript that had her working there and it was about like them working together still in this process. It was mm-hmm. the the script was called Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Which is very similar to adaptation if you've seen it's not very similar. Mm-hmm. It's just like a thing within a thing. Yeah, right. Uh Charlie Kaufman likes to do that a little bit. And then uh other endings, Joel just walks away. Like he does in the house. When he has an opportunity, he finds out those things. The movie is going to end with him just walking away from this relationship. Okay. Like trusting his past self who yeah. 
Yeah. Or okay. being too scared to do anything. It's either mm. either he's trusting himself or he's being a coward yet again. Interesting, interesting. And the other one was it was a big reveal that the whole movie was in Clementine's head being erased. Whoa. How would that even work? Yeah, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. That would have been crazy, but... It's very heavily Joel's <laughs> yeah, life. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. Okay. And then uh, lastly, that it was going to be revealed that uh, in that one where Mary brings the manuscript 50 years later, mm-hmm. that Joel and Clementine have erased each other 15 times. Oh my gosh. That they just keep doing it. That would be really crazy at that point your friends and family have to step in right like (laughs) where the doctor has like an ethical obligation to be like no you're done i mean they did say to that one lady that we can't three times in one month is too many times or whatever in the movie (laughs) yeah yeah so okay that would have been crazy (laughs) all right well that's fun facts baby thank you We're workshopping that. Sponsored by Christina Aguilera. (laughs) Um, So at the end of the day, what is the lesson you learned from this movie, Katie? I know that we shouldn't erase each other from our memories. Good. That's a good lesson. There's no wrong answer. Here's the thing. You and I disagree about this. I don't think that movies need to have a lesson. Every movie has a lesson to be learned. I, I disagree. No matter how small that lesson is. No, I disagree. So. Well, the lesson here is that you should agree. Okay. Or I'll erase you. Right. <laughs> from my mind. Um, which is going to be really complicated legally. Um, all right. We, how would you cast Wally in this movie? I have an idea, but you go. Let me know how you cast Wally in this movie. Um, I I tend to give him smaller roles because not a lot of small roles in this movie. Yeah, and that's the issue. So he might have to be like that neighbor that shows up a couple of times. That oh, Joel's the one in the beginning that lets Clementine into the apartment. Yeah, or he maybe I could cast him as David Cross. Yeah, who we haven't talked about in the movie. I I don't know what if they're just friends of Joel's or if she's his sister. Yeah, it could be either. Yeah. But I do like their relationship because it's clearly not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't get along. <laughs> but they're making it work, which is like kind of what is going to happen with Joel and Clem if they ever try to mm-hmm. make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be cast as David Cross getting in an argument with his girlfriend and or wife mm-hmm. constantly in the movie. Okay. And flying a remote control plane on the beach. <laughs> Poorly. Poorly. Yeah, well, I don't think Wally could fly one very well, so I think that works out. Gotcha. All right. Well, I I don't, I honestly still don't know the answer to this. I think Mm -hmm. I do. But Katie, is this a good movie? Yes. This is a good movie. People should watch this if they haven't already. I think most people our age have seen it. I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't know that. I think more people my age than your age would have seen this. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, of your friends from high school, how many do you think have seen Eternal Sunshine? You would have been 11 when this movie mm, came out. Three? Yeah. And she has 7,000 friends. <laughs> so not a good percentage. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you really like this movie then? Yeah, I would recommend it to people. Yeah, gotcha. Is it like... This is like kind of a oh this is a neat movie or is it like this is a great like I really love this movie. Um 
I think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I think watching it at this point in my life where, like, I'm already married, um, it's not maybe going to stick with me in the same way that it would if I had watched it in my early 20s. That so it's not quite as formative for it, me, but it is good. I think it's a good follow-up from Walter Mitty to be, like, mm-hmm. a two very different ways of kind of telling the same story. Of, like, a loser trying to be more grand or more alive. It's not the same type of movie, but I feel like it's it follows it follows up well. I think they're pretty different. Okay. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. When I started saying it, I didn't know how to say it. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said it. But <laughs> I still believe it. Okay. I just don't know words. Well, we'll think about it. Perfect. So, but this movie, and then, uh, oh my God, what the Garden State. Mm, I these, have seen that. These are two movies that. when I was like eighteen to twenty. I was like, oh, this is what life is. Like, I yeah. get this. Jo- for anyone who doesn't know Joe, which I can't imagine, there are a lot of people listening to this right now who don't know him. But Joe is basically Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Five Hundred Days of Summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that but movie if fucked me up. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt was. 6'3". That's, <laughs> that's Joe Bates. If Joseph Gordon-Levitt was 6'3", then Summer would have stayed with him. <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel likes a tall guy, I assume. I think I've told you I've been compared to Jess from New Girl like on several occasions. Oh, I didn't know that. Especially when I was teaching, because she's a teacher, too. And I've been told they look like Schmitty from New Girl. No, it's just Schmidt. It's not Schmitty. Whatever. It's just Schmidt. <laughs> Looks at a, look at us make a new girl work. Schmidt and that girl end I really up together. I want us to watch New Girl together. I'm watching Gilmore Girls. I know already. we're gonna have to wait till we're done with Gilmore Girls, which we're on. We just started season four. <laughs> I want you to watch The Leftovers, which we only watched the first episode. <laughs> Yeah, because we're busy watching Gilmore Girls. <laughs> All right. Well, Katie, that's Eternal Sunshine of the uh-huh. Spotless Mind. A good movie a if you're keeping movie. track. That is five out of six. Oh, did you look up like movies. the um, Rotten Tomato score? Oh, I didn't look up the Rotten Tomato score. I look- just like to know that. I have to imagine it's pretty good for this one. Okay. Well, do you want to take a guess at what it is? 74. Uh, which one? Audience or critics? Both. Okay, well, critics is 92, audience is 94. Amazing. It's Charlie Kaufman. It's always yeah, going to be really high. I, I feel like sometimes, though, I do. it surprises me. Like, the movie that I think everyone loves, it actually has a lower score or something. I mean, there was this thing that came out that, like, Kate Winslet's character was 81st of top 100 performances by an actress all She's time. She's great. She's really great in this. Like, this movie is considered, like, an all-time great. Mm-hmm. Criterion Collection, some would Criterion say. Criterion Collection. I want to be Criterion Collection. All right. When we start singing, it means it's probably time to wrap things up yeah, here. Yeah, it is time to wrap things up. And we got plugs, baby. But first off, Katie, what are we doing next? I'm so excited. I don't think I am. Um, well, I feel like we've been in a bit of a, like, moody guy Trend Love a moody guy. With our last few. So um, we're going to take a different route and we will be watching The Princess Diaries starring Anne Hathaway. Ooh, I, I've always had the hots for Anne Hathaway, so I'm excited well, to Well, in this movie. movie, she plays a teenager. Damn. So just pack those up and put those away. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This is such a fun film and a film that I watched as a teen and I think... 
was I don't I I don't know if it was formative for me or not. I guess we'll find out when uh, we when we rewatch it. As a follow up, I just want to say, Katie, out loud to our fans, okay. if I don't like this movie compared to how the Walter Mitty response went <laughs> to, I need you to be okay with that. This movie this movie is not made for you, so <laughs> okay. So that's okay, but I do think you should see it because it's very good. Gotcha. We'll watch it, um, and that'll be uh, next week's episode. Yay! Um, and you guys, if you want to catch up, we put little reels up on our Instagram uh-huh. at T I A G M Pod on Instagram. Yep. Uh, we'll have any, and there's a link on there in the bio to link to us to Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast, um, Amazon Podcast. We're on all the things. And if you make any comments or reviews, we will read them out loud on the show. Uh, just like this one right here that we have, which is a response to that this is a good movie, or this is a Sweet Home Alabama. This is what someone thought about the episode. What? Uh, I won't say who it was, oh, okay. just in case they're embarrassed. Thought it was great. Loved the fun facts. FYI, I have seen Murphy Brown. Jean Smart was TV famous for designing women. Not sure of her movie career. Really fun listening to you guys argue. I mean, chat, colon, end parentheses. That's smiley face talk. Um, so I yeah. thought you were going to read our YouTube comments. Our YouTube comments. That'll Everyone be another go, episode. Go check, <laughs> go check us out on YouTube and read the comments there because those ones are pretty good. Good reminder of the YouTube. Yeah. Uh, yeah, YouTube, we have a lot of stuff up there as well. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Comment away. Review. Subscribe. 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 Thank you to Kale Forbes for editing and putting the music together. Uh, Austin Fry for singing the little thing at the end. And Carrie Pulley for designing our logo. Uh, this is a good movie podcast, and I'm your co-host Joe Bates, and I'm Katie Hetledge. Yep, <laughs> and that is that's the good movie podcast and movie podcast, and we love you. I, Bye. I love you. She's she's devious. <laughs> this <laughs> this is a good movie podcast with Katie and Joe.